Welcome to Business Baby, a small business podcast for pals. If you want to call me baby, yeah, go ahead. And if you like business, maybe, it's what I said. And if you want to talk for hours, come on, go ahead. And if you need to buy some flowers, that's business, baby. I really feel like this episode should be renamed the validation episode. Uh, Listening back, I couldn't help but notice it's the most commonly used word in this episode. Um, I love that. Love that for me. I love validation. And apparently, so does my next guest. That's right, folks. We've got small business owner and beadwork artist, our pal, Soft but sturdy. Well, well, well. It's soft but sturdy. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, I have to ask, do you remember how we met? I sure do. Um, I was working at IMAX and I was planning um, a trunk show. And I was like, Little Joe Berries is the best. We need to have their treats. And so we did a trade for glasses. It's like wild to think about because I feel like that was like a hundred thousand years ago. Yeah, I don't even know who I was then. I know I was such a baby queer. Like I was like, oh my god, I'm in little Joe's presence. This is wild. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny because like honestly, I'm such a mess of a person still that like <laughs> I was probably like just barely holding on because I was like so overwhelmed by my business. So like. Even in my head, I was like, it's so awesome just to get free glasses and get something, you know? Um, yeah. It's also really interesting to think about that time because I feel like like we're kind of the age now where a few years ago, like people our age started like businesses or creatives or whatever. And I feel like it's kind of interesting to be in like a generation of like, we're all similar age and we all have like our own projects. Um, but yeah, it's like, there's a lot of artists or like entrepreneurs, like around the city who like, I have weird stories like that. And now we like all have our own businesses. I find it's just like neat how that community shaped up. Yeah. Well, I just like love hearing everyone's stories, even on this podcast. Like I just didn't realize how connected everyone was. Like I have a little bit of connections here and there with people from like, you know, from IMAX or from like Venus Envy or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just seeing how everyone's like so interconnected is really cool. It makes it easy to find guests for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just like kind of awkwardly knowing everyone. Um, okay. Yeah, eventually so, you're going to be like, how did we meet? And yeah. somebody you haven't met before. I know. I like, I'm like, do I just get rid of that question? Um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about what you make? Yeah, so um, I make beaded jewelry and so like earrings, necklaces, that sort of thing, um, as well as wall hangings. And I'm also a writer, um, but I'm mainly focusing on beadwork right now. And then do you remember like the process of like getting into that and like your first kind of like sale and when you started to realize like this idea of like having a business or like selling your work? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, like I did see um, beadwork and stuff at like cultural gatherings, but it wasn't really like on my radar on like a personal life level. Like it wasn't something that was like really celebrated so much as it is now in my life. Um, But my sister always worked at like friendship centers and stuff. So I did get to like learn how to bead when I was um, younger, but I kind of like came away from that. And uh, yeah, so later on, I think it must have been like 2017 I was in Toronto at the Pow Wow Cafe and I saw beaded earrings being displayed there by uh, Running Fox Beads who's like kind of like her number one fan (laughs) Um, and I was like oh my god these are so beautiful like I want to know how they're made like they just look so intricate and stuff so yeah so my mom originally was going to teach me um, but that didn't like really work out but luckily um, I was volunteering at Project Acorn and uh Cole Toplinski, Wrestling Pine, yeah. um, was doing a workshop there. So um, I started to learn how to beat. And um, my first sale was actually uh, 
probably about a, I don't know how much longer, maybe a few months later. Yeah. Um, it was actually to a project Acorn Camper. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, what do you mean you want to buy my work? Because I had just posted like a pair of earrings that I like, I finally made a pair that I was like proud of and I would like yeah. wear myself. Yeah. And I was just trying to like share it because I was yeah. proud of it. And somebody's like, do you want to sell it? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I if feel you like want. I yeah so much like <laughs> doubt comes up where you're like yes I want money is my work good enough I feel like that's so funny yeah it's just like I've been creative my whole life like doing like yeah. cards or like scrapbooking or friendship bracelets and stuff but I never sold anything so yeah. it's like a different kind of validation oh 100 percent. and then do you think after like for you after that first sale did you start to think about like oh, maybe I'll try something else. Um, like what was the process then of like getting the ball rolling of like selling more? Yeah. Well, at the time I was working full time. Um, and, uh, and then like I got really into beating like right following when my mom passed. And so I was like grieving and I took a lot of time off work. Um, so it wasn't really like, intended to be an enterprise right away mm-hmm. um it was just kind of like a way of um yeah, spending time with culture and kind of like contemplating and that kind of thing I don't know I like I like validation <laughs> so <laughs> oh my god I, I love validation <laughs> <laughs> isn't it the best yes so I kept posting and people people kept buying so I was like maybe this could be a thing um yeah and it took me a while, like I still kind of um, was working full time. And honestly, like, I'm kind of lucky right now. I'm uh, living at my dad's house, so I don't have like a huge overhead cost at yeah. the moment. So it's giving me the space to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like financial barriers are for sure. Like, you know, business don't really make money in the first few years. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. People who are doing beadwork are not in it to get rich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was kind of... Um the experience you were sharing of, of selling something and then being surprised and then, you know, wondering what's next. I have a coworker I've mentioned before in the podcast, who's like in the process of starting their own business. And, um, they just been, we have a few shifts a week together. So they just chat to me about what they're working on and what inspires them. And I remember the first like few times they sold something, just like hearing them talk about like this idea of like, like right now they have two part-time jobs and, they really want to leave one of the part-time jobs. And they were just kind of telling me, like, I feel like it's possible now that I could like, like do this and provide for myself and not have to work somewhere I don't like. And I, I always feel like as an entrepreneur, business owner, those first few like moments where you realize like, oh, maybe I don't have to work for someone else are just like very like motivating, but also like it, it kind of changes your perspective of like your day-to-day at work, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Like, I definitely, I feel like I'm kind of at that point right now where like, I'm, I'm like, I've been doing this as my main thing and like yeah. doing a couple things like freelance on the side to like support that. Um, but right now I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. Like from what I've been selling, if I like am able to, um, be consistent, like this could actually work. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, it's always a battle with consistency, but <laughs> um, I'm trying to like get my ducks in a row and figure it out. Cause, um, yeah, I really think it's what I'm meant to do. Yeah. I mean, I think all the time about the possibility of like, if I ever had to work for someone again, and I think pandemic really made me think a lot about like how hard it is to run a business on my own. And like, I'm the only person who like owns little Joe. So I don't have a lot of support, like from another person to step in. And I often think like, I don't know, like if I could do this for my whole life, but there is that other thing like chipping away at me where I'm like, I don't think I could go work for someone else though. You know what I mean? Like I just, I really feel too kind of like far gone. And I feel like the things I'm good at in my job now wasn't ever really seen by an employer before, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely know what you mean. Like, I, I think I like gathered like a lot of knowledge over the years working in small business, but then you kind of get to the point where like you've maxed 
not necessarily maxed out, but like maybe maxed out on like patience of not having your own project. And like, you know, like I spent years like following other people's dreams, you know, and like really bolstering like what they're working on. And it's like, if I could put that energy into something that I'm like really passionate about personally, like what could really happen, you know? Yeah. Cause I feel like when you work at a, a small business or literally for any boss who actually like lets you kind of take on more and learn more, whatever it is, like, whether it's like you start ordering or you start organizing, whatever the position is where you grow with the business. I do believe once you get in a position like that, you are going to like outgrow the, the job you have, you know what I mean? Like you're going to yeah. get to like the level that I'm not saying like every employee is like at the level of the entrepreneur, but you're going to get to that level eventually. And it's, I think it's just natural to be like, oh, I could do this if I wanted. And obviously not everyone wants to, but I think it makes sense, especially for creative people like yourself, like you have all the skills. Why not work for yourself when you can, you know? Mm -hmm, For sure. Like it's, it's a definitely a way between like, you know, being able to clock out and not, (laughs) but, but, um, But yeah, no, like I definitely, it's way more rewarding to be passionate about your yeah. own and see it succeed. I'm sure you even, know that. Yeah. Even I saw, like, I, I, I referenced that TikTok you did where you kind of had said, you know, you're a beater, but you also do, um, the accounting and you do the branding and you do the, like you have so, and you know, the packaging, the, the cost, whatever, all the roles we do as entrepreneurs, right? Like we have so much skills now that are just like troubleshooting and keeping things going. It's like, how would you apply for like, what would be the job that that would fit in now? You know, like you, you, you know, so much. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, like I was, when I, I was thinking about maybe going to work for government, um, but yeah. that didn't last long. Yeah. But um, I was like, oh, I could actually build a pretty solid resume off of like just working in small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. Like sometimes I think about, you know, I daydream a lot about leaving little Joe's. <laughs> it's so rude. Um, but I, I always like, I don't think there'd be a job I'd be as like happy or fulfilled in. I really think if I like left little Joe's or like working for myself, it would be to be like, to not work anymore. Like I would want the kind of lifestyle where I could just like, I, I would not be tied down to a job. And I know that's like very, like a dreamer thing to say, because like capitalism is so real, but I'm always like, oh, I would love to just camp or I would love, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the only way I think of like leaving my job. Well, yeah, like I just can't, I'm kind of getting there too, where I'm like, I can't really see myself spending my days. Like, I mean, maybe slightly reorganized. Sure. Yeah. But like spending my days, you know, doing a commute, um, <laughs> like getting ready in the morning, <laughs> doing a commute and then like working for eight hours and then coming home and trying to eat dinner before you go to sleep again. Like what? <laughs> I mean, I guess I still kind of do that, but it, it feels like it's more <laughs> on my own time. Literally, so even when you said getting ready in the morning, is like, even that for me is hard. Like I wear, I'm like a cartoon character. I wear the same outfit <laughs> every day to work. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I go to work, it's black sweater, tights, shorts. That's it. I I don't, I used to do my makeup before COVID. I don't have it in me now. I just get up and I walk to work and there's like no process of like getting ready, having breakfast. You know what I mean? Like waking up with the morning. Like, it's just like, I'm up and then 10 minutes later, I'm at work having a coffee. And like, I don't know how people just like do a routine. (laughs) I know. Oh my God. I've been working on my routine in therapy for like three months. Yeah. I've like finally like mastered like one thing, but um, (laughs) yeah, no, (laughs) routines are hard. They're like rules you have to make for yourself and then you're supposed to follow them. Like that's that's hard. Routines are Um, hard. Yes. But like, yeah, I guess it is healthy to have, to have some routine. I'm, I'm starting to get some like motivation and kind of like interest in work back lately it, as far as my business goes. But definitely in like January, February, I was like fully checked out at work. Like mm-hmm. I did the bare minimum and then I 
went home and then I got straight in bed for like 10 hours. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, on Instagram, when everyone's posting, like, these are signs of depression, what to look for in depression. And you just read them and you're like, yep, check, check, check by you. It's like, I had no interest in changing. Like I was like, I just need to ride this out for a bit. Um, no routine. And I, I, I'm hoping now that it's like spring and I'm able to be out and go for walks. Like I can get some routine, but I don't know. The motivation was lacking. Yeah. I mean, like one good advice I got actually about when things are like super, super hard is like making things, trying to make things like 10% easier. And so like, instead of being like, oh, it's a bad thing to not be in my studio at my desk. It's like, oh, well, if it's like 10% easier for me to watch to all the boys I love before again in bed (laughs) while I'm beating, then that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. I just relate to you so much right now because I started playing the office on my phone when I work because (laughs) I just can't even I'm just at this point where like so before pandemic I used to always just listen to music and I would just work with music on and kind of like bop around and do my thing and no problem right but then as things started to get heavier I couldn't even have music on because I'd be just in my thoughts too much like I needed it wasn't enough distraction and then I would start like just processing and being in my thoughts so much. And then I got into podcasts and then listening to those conversations helped distract me. And I didn't, you know, I didn't have like this internal dialogue going on the whole time, but now even podcasts don't do it. I literally have to have like movies playing. <laughs> like I'm trying to like bake and I have like full on movies or TV shows just playing <laughs> just to distract me. Um, so I definitely like respect watching to all the boys I ever loved because <laughs> first off that franchise is amazing <laughs> so good I'm it's so love. good it's so good I definitely relate to that so you do have a home studio you were saying mm-hmm. so what how have you found like does that fit your style working from home or do you really struggle with the boundary of like office hours I know you were just saying like you do you do beat in bed that in my mind, that's still work, but like, if you're going to do that and make it easier for yourself, are you able to like, at the end of the day, call it the end of the day, or does it start kind of like everything bleeds into one at that point? Yeah. Every, yeah, <laughs> I would love it if I could just be like, you know what? I have such great boundaries. <laughs> um, but that is a, a work in progress. Yeah. yeah. No, um, if I'm not beating, then I'm thinking about beating. Yeah. Um, and so that's even when I like, so even if I have like a day where I'm like working on like some other aspect of the business, that's not beating yeah. like after work, I'm like, well, I didn't beat at all today. Mm-hmm. So I have to beat. Yeah. So, and then if it's the other way around, it's like, oh, well, I should really work on this grant application or something like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think like it, it just like, it's hard to clock out really. Yeah. So I find having, having a home studio is definitely better than having to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not like a like it's kind of the same room as my bedroom yeah <laughs> so it's it's not like uh it's not like I get to like you know go Close open the door, the door and go, and go to yeah. work and yeah that kind of thing but but I like I love beating like it's it's part of my identity now like it's yeah. like something like I really enjoy so even like at the end of the day when I'm relaxing like what do I want to be doing when I'm watching tv mm-hmm. beating mm-hmm. so it's it's hard to it's hard to have boundaries around it and I think that's a really good point you made like I think about that all the time. Like, even though technically your work is beating, there is some days you don't do a lot. And I think that's something like when people open their own businesses or become entrepreneurs, whatever it is, I think they don't really think about that. And it's the same as me. Like, I just thought go in and bake. Someone else will sell it. My shifts will just be easy. I come in in the morning, I do my baking, I'm left alone. And then the longer you have a business, you start to realize like, how little time you get for the aspects of it you like, because everything else is just like piling up so much. Um, And then there's that, that element of it. You just said where it's like, even though you're working all day because you're not actually producing the physical thing, it doesn't feel like you're working. Yeah, definitely. Like it's, it's really hard because, you know, especially as an artist, like um, it doesn't, 
like it still doesn't feel like a real job to some people right yeah, so there's this yeah. like internalized thing where I'm just trying to like prove to myself that I'm working hard enough at, yeah. like at my job yeah. you know yeah I think there's a lot of like stigma around um like whatever it is to like be an artist or stay home or whatever and I think like there's so much people don't take an account and I think a big thing people don't take an account that I like, I myself am learning more about now that I have a coworker who's, who's, um, they're making a, a product now. Um, the amount of time that goes into like building your catalog, actually having product, like it takes so much work to just even have the product to sell. And like, then it's just gone. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's- like, it, it, it's obviously for something, but like, yeah, I have a corker now who like, so I was really pushing them to try to do some like markets and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, I know some people who run markets. Like I can link you guys up in meetings and just like whatever you need. And they were saying like, I've been working nonstop all my time off. I don't have enough product to do markets or it sells out before I can build my product. And it's like that, it's that hard thing where it's like, so they still have to work. So they don't have all day to just work on their art. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they don't even have yeah, the, ton- it's the cycle. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you understand it. You're like in it as well. Um, no, no, for sure though. Like I understand because like, especially like it's, it feels weird because you don't want to complain about being like well-liked or popular yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that, like, and succeeding. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, somebody will ask me to do a market and it'll be a month in advance. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm going to have like 10 things tops, yeah. you know, yeah. like, and that's, that's if it gets a good month. So yeah. it's, it's really uh, when it, it's like when you're doing something that's handmade, that's like really time consuming, it, it is, it's hard because people do expect you to kind of have stock, right? Yeah. Like if, if, uh, if people, like people want to go to my website and be able to, not that I have a website yet, but <laughs> they want to be coming. able to go and buy something. Yes, it's coming. <laughs> it is coming. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be a business and, and not, not have products there to be bought. Um, yeah. And that's bit. like, that's definitely something like, especially for earth, like new businesses, I think like, and I, I know you mentioned grants, but like, it would be ideal if like these, if new businesses and artists and creatives, if there was a way, like they can't, people can't afford to take off time from work to like build a collection to like start their own business. Right. So then it's just that, like most people will never try to start their own business or make that step because there's like the overhead of quitting their job or taking time off work. Like they just can't afford it. Like, and we know that like the average person can't afford to be off of work. You know what I mean? So it's like, I I know there's so much, like people always message me and they'll say, how do you get grants? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, (laughs) It is hard work. But I was thinking about that when you mentioned like you just got a grant, which I'd love to talk about more. Um, it would be lovely if it was easier for more creatives, entrepreneurs to get grants, to take the time to actually invest in themselves and invest in their business. Um, but side note, well, will you, can you talk about the grant that you applied for? Yeah, sure. Um, I forget the name of it already. Perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've applied to so many grants. I'm like, which one is it? Um, it, it's like a, it was a grant for, um, for Indigenous artists specifically. Okay. Um, and for this one, I chose to, like, you could pick categories of what you would use the money for. And so I'm going to be using it for, um, materials and building a website. So, um, like for me, like for instance, like I, I like, like I feel pretty called to beat on hide specifically and like sourcing hide that's like traditionally tanned um, is quite expensive as it should be. Um, But it's like, it's hard to get in a quantity that's affordable. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be using that to, to get a bunch of hide. I'm very excited. Oh, that's amazing. That's so Mm -hmm. awesome. Have you done a lot of work like applying for grants or is this something like you're, you're kind of doing more now? Um, I've done it a couple of times. Like I, I applied for a lot of grants when I was um, going to university. 
Um, and like, I wasn't super successful, but it was a good practice. And, um, and I think I've applied for like four recently now. And it like, once you have, um, like a good outline, you can kind of recycle stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just found like, yeah, yeah. I've just found like having people proofread really, really helpful too, because like, sometimes you find like, you think you're being really clear about what you're saying, but somebody else might not know what you're saying at all. So that's kind of been really helpful for me. Yeah. I don't often apply for grants because I don't, I don't find a lot that are like for an actual storefront. Um, but I recently applied for one that I don't even know if I was like, I'm going to qualify for, but it's just from visa. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like visa. They're very much like, we want women, women, but in the application, it's like, oh, if you're non-binary, you can also apply like all this other stuff. So then I was like, I'll take visa money. Like I was like, okay. Um, but I don't know. I feel like when I was applying, I was like, I don't know if I actually qualified for this or if I'm just trying to like scam visa because I have like, I have a visa that's like in debt. So I'm like, I would appreciate if they just gave me the money back. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The circle. How every grant application feels like though. You're like, yeah, Hi, I'm nice and smart and talented. Please give me money. <laughs> Please give me money. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like me? <laughs> yeah. Like that's how it feels. Always. And people always say to me like, where do you apply for grants? And I, I feel like I'm always like, it's not like picking apples. Like they are not everywhere. You know what I mean? Like we don't just go and apply. I find it's like very hard to actually find money. Um, yeah. I mean, check out, I would say to people, check out Ontario Arts Council, Ottawa Arts Council and Canada Arts Council for like art specific grants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is true. Like they don't make it easy for you to find the grant application. And then yeah. the grant application is very complicated and long. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of barriers. Yeah. See, you already know so many. I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) I was like, that's a little bit of like tips for the listeners. Um, okay. So speaking about sourcing, um, material, I actually want to talk a little bit about your process of building a collection. Um, cause I know you do a lot of pieces here and there, but I specifically on your Instagram, you have like, your kind of like, 90s collection your baby always be my baby one and then right after you have the burning love one and they're both like the collections are so different but then the the branding for both is so clear and I just feel like not even no I like I I was going through your Instagram like picture by picture and I feel like when I got in the 90s collection I was like oh my god this is so fun and I didn't realize because I was following you when it came out, but I didn't realize they all had like song names. Oh, I I, love that. I'm so flattered right now. (laughs) I love that. So what is that process like for you when you're, when you're building a collection? Do you like, is there something like, you're like, oh, this is kind of the palette I want to play in, or this is the throwback, the nod I want to do. Like, what's the brainstorming like for you? Yeah, so um, this one, well, thank you. Um, I'm very flattered. <laughs> and um, the uh, thought process behind this one was actually like the market itself had a theme. Oh, um, cool. Mm-hmm. So they, they did a Y2K theme and they did really awesome like promo for it and everything. And not everyone like does made to order stuff. So like yeah. not everyone at the market had like a Y2K themed thing. But yeah. I was like making stuff specifically for the market. So it was really fun. I got to like come up with ideas and yeah um like play with colors and stuff but yeah so how I like actually build the collection was um I (laughs) buy too many beads basically (laughs) Um, yeah so when that when I applied for that market I had literally just gotten the mail like these perfect beads for the collection it was amazing okay Um, awesome (laughs) and they were like light like light blue frosted light pink frosted dark pink frosted like salmon frosted and I was like oh my god these colors together look like candy colored or like remind me of like those like frosted makeup looks from the white like Y2K era um so that's kind of like how I started I picked the color palette and then I just kind of um ran with it um and like the earrings were just kind of made like 
at the time I didn't like plan them out in advance. I kind okay. of just like made what I wanted to make. Okay. Okay. Um, but the patches I drew out in advance, like the baby patch and the, yeah. the cell phone patch, was so cute. Um, and uh, lava lamp. Yeah, I fun. love the lava lamp. <laughs> And then I had like all my towel model for it. And uh, I know the little Polaroids that was like, to me, that was such good branding. I loved that. Oh, that's a compliment. So fun. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, No, but I worked really hard on it. So it is nice. So it's it's kind of a thing that only business owners will do, right? Like, yeah, uh, other people are like, wow, that was cool. But it's like having somebody else who knows about like how much work goes into branding and stuff be like, wow and like actually appreciate that side of things is yeah. like it's really cool yeah and just like the work and the planning that goes into like a release especially a limited time release and then the mm-hmm. release goes away do you know what I mean like and I, I feel like I'm in a little bit more like seasonal work where like you know with every season kind of everything I always have to make a new menu do a full new release new pictures and then it, you know the next month it's gone it's like obviously it's awesome to do that work and it's awesome when it, you know, it hits people. But at the same time, sometimes you're like, here I go again. What was that even for? It's all. And especially I'm sure with like, I mean, I know how long that takes you and then you just sell it and you probably have like, do you usually just do like one of each piece and then it's just gone. Right. Well, that's what I've been doing for a while. And then with the heartbreaker collection that I did for um, pride, not prejudice. Yeah. Um, that one was like actually a monster collection. There was 42 pieces and oh it gosh. sold out in a weekend. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, yeah. I was, <laughs> it, I was like, oh, my babies are gone. Oh <laughs> like, my gosh. How long does it take you? Like you said, you said 42 pieces. Yeah. How long does it take you to put that many pieces together? Okay. Well, this one, I like I had put emphasis on trying to make um, some smaller earrings too, just like to have a special yeah. price point so yeah. that's where the, like some of the numbers come in too yeah. um but I was working on that collection for about two months um gone in one weekend yeah and then I'm like okay so now I have no inventory Honestly, Ray, as the manager of a small business, what does sustainability look like for you? For me, sustainability would look like having like nice and easy things that you can do in your day that don't like impede like just your every everyday like regular tasks that you already have to do in a small business yeah because I think a lot of times when people want to make their business more green they always think like I don't know anything about my impact I don't know anything about sustainability I don't know how to change I already have a million emails to answer and it can be quite daunting wouldn't you agree yeah, very daunting. And don't you wish there was a place where you could just like go like like just look it up online and maybe someone else has already figured this out? Like a place that would just have a bunch of resources ready for you already, you mean? I'm thinking of something like that exactly. Do you know of anything? I do know of something. If your business is ready to take concrete action on climate, reduce emissions, build projects, set targets, and track progress, you want personalized support and customized tools to get you there, visit ottawagreenbusiness.ca by EnviroCenter. EnviroCenter is a local environmental organization, and their mission is to help Ottawa achieve its climate targets and provide people, communities, and organizations with practical solutions to lighten their environmental impact. What do I do when I want to take my business sustainability to the next level? Like when I have some walking around money. Oh, you mean pay and have a membership? What does that include? I'm so glad you asked, Raymond. Well, first off, one really cool thing about Ottawa Green Business is, yes, they have a lot of free resources online, so you can just go on their website and learn for free. However, you can also pay for them to come to your workplace and do workshops and teach the whole staff about being a green business and sustainability. And if you want to go even greener, catch me if you can. 
They have a lot of things they can help you do. Ray, can you list some of the things? Personalized sustainability planning. Target setting. Impact accounting. Green team support. And more. Why do you think it's important to go green? Line? <laughs> Line? Line. What? Then you need to visit Ottawa Green Business by EnviroCenter. Enjoy the rest of the show. I talk about this all the time as an entrepreneur. Like, it is so hard because I feel like things are always busy, dead, busy, dead, busy. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, there's never just this nice, consistent, like, sales are always rolling in and I never have to worry because I know it's always like for some reason or for one weekend or whatever it is, like it's sunny out. So people are shopping. It's so busy. And then you're like dead. You know what I mean? And I just like riding that wave of having to like take sales whenever you can get them. And then know you're either going to be like out of stock or it's going to be slow is like so difficult for planning, but also like budgeting in your personal life and in your work life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's, that's one of the considerations of like, I mean, owning a business in general, but like going forward, like, even if I can guarantee to be consistent, it's like, well, what if the customers like run out? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he's, so he's scary. Like you can only buy so many earrings. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Like every entrepreneur I know, the thing you, that, that piece you just said of like, what if they don't want earrings anymore? It's just so funny. Like I always say the exact same thing where I'm like, what if people don't care about little Joe Berries anymore? And I feel like we are all just waiting for people to like, like find out we're fake and not want to buy our product anymore or to just like lose interest. And it's like, what? Like, like, where does that fear always come from? Like, I just wish I had it in me to like, believe it'll get busy again. Like believe people will always be hungry. Like believe people will always want earrings. Like they will, people will always want to look good, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. My boyfriend always has to remind me like they sold out last time. It'll be fine. (laughs) Like (laughs) Like, you don't have to worry. (laughs) People are not going to wake up and decide earrings are over, you know? (laughs) But maybe no, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your head, you're like, maybe though. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that's exactly like, yeah. I'm like um, are you sure? Maybe we'll go out of style completely. I could hear the disbelief in your voice agreeing with me. Okay, I want to ask. So you have a new collaboration that you're doing right now that seems to be selling out. You were just posting it's selling out pretty quickly. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about collaboration. Um how does that work for you? Like, how do you like it? Yeah. Um, collaboration. I mean, I've, I've never been like a group work kind of person. So it is a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Like it's interesting because like, I, I naturally tend to like have a specific vision that I want to see like carried out in a specific way. Um, but like collaborations are great because they kind of challenge that a little bit and like help me like you know um get out of my head and like see other possibilities and like you know sometimes you're close too close to your own work yeah and somebody else can kind of give you insight and that kind of thing so that's kind of cool um and also it really helps because self-made deadlines are like really hard to keep yeah um so when you kind of make a commitment to somebody else um to like you know do a collection or do a collaboration it's nice to have the like accountability between the two of you kind of like yeah kind of like having a coworker. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I definitely, I see what you're saying because like, I do prefer to work alone as well. And I think one of the reasons I actually thrive in collaborations is because I spend so much time working and developing on my own, um, that it's like, I get it all out of my system that when I'm with people and like, I do a pop-up or I, you know, I go to someone's shop and I do a takeover, it's just a small amount of time. And I, I love it because I can leave, you know what I mean? Like I know, (laughs) Oh, I'm just collaborating for this weekend. And then I'm, I can leave. So if they do something like if they, their work style doesn't match mine, instead of being like, I'll just be like, well, 
I'm gone tomorrow. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's almost like a little bit of relief in that, but I also really kind of value the point you said of like holding you accountable. Cause also like as an entrepreneur, you don't really have anyone like, like you don't have anyone above you giving you feedback about your work ever. Right. So you have to find all the validation and everything from yourself. So no one's saying like, okay, Lynn, you did a really good job on this. You worked really fast and your methods were really like smart and you were strategized and you did great, you know, where maybe at other jobs you had praise and feedback like that. And one thing yeah, I like about working, yeah. And one thing I liked about working with, you know, other, whatever it is, bakers, entrepreneurs, creatives is sometimes like they'll just outside of the, the work I actually make, they'll see like my methods or they'll see, um, the organization or a fee- a lot of feedback I get when I do, uh, when I host or people always say to me, Oh, your staff is so nice. You know, your staff, they all get along so well. It's a really great atmosphere. And if I didn't have them tell me that I wouldn't have anyone from the outside telling me, Oh, the staff communicates really well. You know what I mean? Like I think they do and the staff does, but it's so validating when someone steps into my space and they say like, your staff are so accommodating or they communicate so well. Like it's, it's nice to collaborate because it's almost like getting feedback that for me, I'm always longing for feedback and I don't get it much. Um, yeah, have, have, have you had that experience? Yeah, I've actually, um, I started working with this really cool clothing company called Annie. It's like yeah. an Ojibwe um, clothing brand out of Toronto. Um, and I was kind of nervous because um, Chelsea, the person who runs it, um, mm-hmm. her branding is like really good. Yeah. And yeah, it's so <laughs> like talking to her, I was like, like she asked me for my logo and I was like, um, here it is. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, you know, like <laughs> I'm not sure if this is what you want. Um, like, You're like, this isn't you know, even my real logo if you don't like it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um like and I love that logo like yeah like it was anyway um Mm -hmm. it's just it's nice to like have the other person be like actually like oh your branding is really great or like oh I see this work you put into your Instagram feed or like you're really good at lives or something you know and it's like it is nice to have those outside like perspectives because like it's different than I don't know people who are like can consuming yeah yeah I don't you know what I mean like it's not I know, like I know, a customer feedback it's like a peer feedback I know exactly what I mean because when you get customer feedback also a lot of time it's like the feedback they're giving you is based on the product and it's like you you know the product like you can look at your work and you're like it is nice and I can you know I can eat a cookie and know it tastes good but for me that's like personally that's not what I need the feedback on the thing I need the feedback sometimes is literally how am I doing? Okay. You know what I mean? Like, how am I doing as an entrepreneur? Like, how is the brand doing? Do you like that? And I think you said it earlier when we were chatting, when I was like, I gave you a compliment. You're like, Oh, it's so nice to get a compliment from an entrepreneur. I think that's a really important piece that you said is like a lot of times consumers don't understand friends who don't have businesses don't understand, but I, I really feel like entrepreneurs understand the work you're doing like more than other people obviously right Mm -hmm. yeah well and especially when people you admire right like people who who like do those things in really like different and cool ways than you you know but it's it's just nice to to have that like acknowledgement yeah it's so nice um I wanted to ask actually because you had brought it up at the beginning of the podcast when you saw, um, someone else's work and it was someone you looked up to and you were like, I want to, I want to do beadwork. Did you ever get to know that person who inspired you? Yeah. So like we've had conversations over like Instagram over the years and like, I've gotten a lot of tips from her, like just the yeah. ones that she shares, like as like, um, like Instagram videos and that kind of thing. Yeah. But also like, she's been really receptive to like being like, Oh, what is this thing that is in your beadwork? I don't recognize it. Um, or like what material, where do you get your materials from that kind of thing? I do find that like on Instagram, there's like a pretty big network of like beadwork is really having a resurgence right now, which is like amazing. Um, and it also means like, there's like a lot of community building happening. So, um, yeah, it's nice to like, to connect with like beaters that I admire. And like, now I'm kind of 
in a place where people are like asking me those questions and that's kind of yeah yeah new and cool (laughs) yeah it's so nice especially like I feel like especially like you were saying like your studio is in your room so you're like so much working from home that and and I mean with pandemic as well it's just like really hard to connect with other entrepreneurs and even it's hard to connect with our customers because it's like there's this fear of being around people um so I imagine like this community aspect is like super kind of validating when it is like such isolating work to just be like working at home right yeah well there's definitely like a lot of support um between people and like um just like sharing knowledge and like sharing like I I participate in bead circles um, okay and that's that'll be like a zoom beading session so it'll just be a bunch of people who like maybe maybe won't know each other at the beginning of the circle and then you'll be like chatting about life and that kind of thing while you're beading yeah so um that's been kind of like I don't know pretty healing and and like uh whatever the opposite of isolating is um, during the pandemic Yeah. yeah it's definitely nice to have that support Um, and it's also nice, like I, I don't do this often. And I think you're making a really good point. Like you really love beating. And you said that at the beginning, and it's actually really nice that you're like doing these, like, I don't really know how to explain this, but like, obviously you have to do beating for work, but it's like kind of nice actually that you're also connecting to it in like this way that you're describing is like healing outside of just like in a, um, to make money kind of way does that make sense yeah well it, it's it, it's a bit of a like I don't want to say contradiction but okay. it, it's like um it's it's definitely like a like a point that I come like that I come up across or well, it's like when I'm beating is like super personal to me yeah um yeah. and like super spiritual and yeah. like there's that aspect of it. Um, and then business is obviously like so connected to capitalism and colonialism yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So there's a bit of like a weird like disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like I I wish I didn't have to like make beadwork to sell to make money to live, you know? But yeah. because yeah. we live under capitalism, like I have yeah. to do something and like it does feel like it's kind of like something I'm supposed to do and like medicine that I'm supposed to bring yeah um but uh yeah it's definitely like a healing healing thing for me and it's it's connected to me to to a lot of people that I wouldn't have otherwise met yeah and you said like now through those connections you're also like having people reach out to you for kind of tips do you feel like you would like to be in a role where you like mentor other entrepreneurs or other people who are getting into beadwork like is that something you find like validating and like to do or my gut reaction is like am I good enough to do that um but it's like literally all your freaking work is so beautiful I'm like mad at you right now that you just said that but also you're allowed to say whatever you want (laughs) no thank you but that that was just like you know that bad voice in your head kind of yes yeah um yeah no I do I do recognize that like I have skills that I'm good at and um I do I I like to like help other people um but I find it like I'm pretty all or nothing so like I find when I like like I'll give like a lot you know yeah um so it'd be nice to figure out a way to make that like a sustainable like maybe like have boundaries around it like do a workshop or something yes where like you impart that knowledge or like you share that knowledge and like you know like learn from the people who are there and the people who are there Mm -hmm. learn from you but like I don't know I I feel like I I want to (laughs) like grab like get into the the meat of stuff really fast like just because like working in small business I'm like oh I can see like all these places that could be like yeah Yeah. you know what I mean I know exactly (laughs) what you mean I feel like there's a lot of times I almost like scare people off when they ask me for business advice because I do kind of like what you're talking about where I'm like here's a lot that I know that I'll just give you up front and then you'll just know. And I, a lot of people just like reach out to me over email or DM to ask me a few questions. And I usually send like a lot of responses. And at the end, I'll be like, I know this is a lot. Take your time to digest and get back to me. I'm always here for questions, but sometimes they never get back. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I think in my head, like, oh, did I scare them because I gave them so much tasks? You know what I mean? Like, was it too much? You know what I mean by that? And like, so when you said like, you are all in, I'm all, I'm, I'm like that. That's like my personality type as well. Um, but I think the point of like classes or a way to give like a more standardized answer to help is the solution. I just don't know what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, either. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, I would love to help people. And I'm also like, I have no time for anything in my life right now. So I'm like, I yeah. don't know how to, like, where do I find time? It's like anything that could make business easier for other businesses. Like, there's just no time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like I'm just struggling. Um, okay. I wanted to ask you, uh, who is your favorite nineties icon? Uh, oh my I God. Th- well, I was thinking about the collection. I know Y2K isn't exactly like nineties, but I guess it's like late nineties. And I was just thinking of your references and all the songs. Like <laughs> I was like, okay, Christina Aguilera, like what else do we have in here? And then I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm like pretty into Mariah Carey. Um, yes. Like she's really hot. She yes. was like a little bit of a queer awakening for me. Yep. Got some Rihanna up in there, early mm-hmm. Rihanna. Some good music videos there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah, let's go with Rihanna. I love it. I have all these weird memories of myself um, at my grandpa's house and he had this big window and I would stand in front of the window and I was really young and have my cassette player with um, the Britney Spears uh, cassette where it's like pink and she's like on her knees and in, in Oh my God, shorts. I have that yeah. CD. <laughs> okay. I, I remember <laughs> dancing around my living room to that CD. Oh, just so, so iconic and like, I- Yes, that's what I would do. I would just dance in the window for every, like literally open to the street. Like I just would go like full cassette dancing. And it's just like, I, those times. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I I remember like uh, NSYNC, what was the album called? Was it Bye Bye Bye? Oh my God. That, that album was incredible. I just remember, like, I think the album I got into was like the, Oh my God. I always mix up NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. So I don't want people to call me out, but the one with the puppets. Yes. yes, That's the that. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think my favorite icon I have to say would be Britney Spears because of that cassette. I played it over and over and over. Did you skip the fourth one? Cause I always skipped the fourth one. Oh my God. I think it was like soda pop. <laughs> I feel like I wasn't skipping anything in my <laughs> dance recitals. <laughs> remember that one song I was like oh god I wish I could just delete it off the album oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) music critic um and then yeah my last real question is literally what is new any gossip what would you like to share um what is new uh I'm working like basically right now I'm working through commissions um and I plan on opening my commissions the day of sex release so that is new to everyone listening. And um, there's a couple of selections coming down the line as well. I'm going to be doing like a citrus theme thing and uh, oh an my astrology God, I love that. And astrology. Oh, I love that. That's really yeah. exciting. I'm so excited for you to finish this collection so we can all buy them in one day. <laughs> Yay. And then I will start the next one. <laughs> um, and you said new website, right? Yeah, so I don't know the details or anything, but I have the funds now to do a website. So, so that awesome. will be coming soon. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all my questions. Um, if, if people want to, you said you are doing commission. So if people want, how do you like people to be in touch with you? Um, you can just uh, slide into my DM. Oh, uh, I love so it. Dirty on Instagram. And um, yeah, just shoot me a DM with uh, with some information on what you're interested in and we will chat. And if you need some Britney Spears inspired earrings, <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not song four, done. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, that's all my questions. I really appreciate you making time. 
This was so fun. You're an excellent oh, guest. Yeah, yeah, it went by so quick. So thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Welcome to a segment we like to call. Uh, so today we're going to keep it short and sweet uh, for our business cut segment. We're actually talking about birthdays and the fact that right now as we record, it's our sixth birthday as a business, right? And I'm Ty Ty. What's the deal with birthdays? Am I right? Yeah. Y- um, you know, they come around <laughs> once a year. <laughs> And they grow up so fast. Yeah. Before you knew it, six years old. Yeah. Do you remember opening the shop? Yeah, I do. The Like the actual opening day or before that? Like any experience you have from when we were that opening? That I've ever had in my life. Do you remember any experiences? <laughs> that I've had in my life. Um, yeah, I do. Like the day that we opened was so wild because it was like the longest time but also like passed by so quickly because it yeah. was just like a line about the door yeah i mean not to brag it was a line about the door yeah for like eight hours yeah how long was it longer than that yeah i can only hope that anybody comes to the party we're having this time maybe i mean they should i mean by the time you're hearing this you'll know if you were there or not yeah, by the time you're hearing this, you're going to know if we're going to be feeling good or slipping into another uh, depression spell. Exactly. Be like, did anyone care about the birthday? But you, you should be there because the fried chicken. Why is no one talking about it? No one talks about how we're KFC sponsored now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's finger licking good. Is that what they say? Yeah. It's finger looking good, bok bok. Bok bok. <laughs> I think we are slowly getting off the topic of birthday. Yeah. However, I did want to bring something up. Before coming to record about our birthday, um, Chugs was misbehaving and you said, careful Chugs, or we'll talk about you on business cuts. Yeah. And the thing that Chugs was doing is Grandpa threw up and Chugs was eating it. It's just like... <sighs> It's just like, why? It's like, how gross can someone's home life be? Like, Times 10 is our house. Like, Chugs isn't even as excited for his, like, regular food that hasn't been thrown up more than, like, eating throw-up food. He was, like, gobbling it up. He was trying to get it down before we got to him. There's just something about stomach bile seasoning. Dogs love it if you throw up the food it's literally their favorite spice yeah and i don't know why it's so creepy but you know that's what birthdays are all about (laughs) uh anyways we're gonna like i said we're not gonna ramble on like usual uh i think the takeaway for this business cuts is um if you listen to this podcast that's really cool and thank you for doing that because this is kind of a ridiculous thing yeah so we appreciate the support uh and if you shop at little joe's also thank you for that because that's also like really very cool um yeah Yeah. this this segment of business discuss is dedicated to you listener (laughs) (laughs) you that listener thank you that one listener thank you for taking the time (laughs) and listening to this at whatever speed you listen to podcasts at just regular speed I know everyone puts it up on fast forward speed. Why? I know someone who listens at two times speed. It's ridiculous. They'll rename nameless. They'll rename. They'll rename. Oh, they'll rename? They'll rename. I know them. They'll rename nameless. (laughs) They'll rename is just a queer name. (laughs) It is. I was like, oh, Theral name? Theral name. (laughs) Hello. Uh, Yes. Anyways. Um... Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting LJBs. Uh, Yeah, that's all. That's all, baby. That's all, folks. (laughs) Well, well, well. It looks like we're at the end of another episode. 
make sure to subscribe, to like, to rate and review, whatever you got to do to make this podcast the number one podcast in the world. Business Baby is hosted and created by Little Joe. Reviews and comedy by Ray. And of course, jingles, technical and music by Jesse Dangerously. And don't forget to check out this season's sponsor, Ottawa Green Business and of course, EnviroCenter. Like I said earlier, we're going to include both of their socials in the bio for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.